0: We once again go beyond the test scores and learn how evidence based funding is making a difference in schools. That's next on the ISA Podcast. Welcome to the ISA Podcast. My name is Jason Neville and I serve as Director of Communications. Our EBF Making a Difference series continues with a focus on Lansing SD number 158. My guest is that district superintendent, Dr. Nathan Schilling. Dr. Schilling, welcome to the podcast. Can you start out by saying a little bit about yourself and your school district?
1: Uh, Sure. Thanks, Jason. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Dr. Nathan Schilling. I'm the superintendent of Lansing School District 158. We are an elementary school district of about 2,700 kids in South Cook County, Illinois, so we are very diverse. Um, we have a lot, large portion of our population that is economically disadvantaged. Uh, and we are one of the larger elementary school districts uh, in the South Cook region uh, with five schools.
0: You know, before uh, EBF was passed, can you talk a little bit about the situation in your school district?
1: Sure. So uh, I assumed the superintendency here in 2018 uh when i kind of came here uh, we were in good financial shape we had uh operating budget uh as shown on the illinois report card it was, it was in, in the upper 30 million dollar range uh, we had just completed or were in the process of completing uh the renovation and expansion of our biggest elementary school which is coolidge elementary um, and as a whole the district had done a pretty good job with facilities um had done a lot of work to update buildings uh, was was very proactive in investing into the renovation of facilities. Um, but from a personnel standpoint was, uh, I would say, maybe a little bit understaffed or there were gaps. You know, if you do a gap analysis in personnel or in an organizational chart, um, which, which that was one of my first initiatives was to update the organizational chart, um, was to find places where maybe we needed to add uh, the human resource piece uh, and kind of better serve our, our students and our, our community.
0: What was your district's adequacy score uh, when EBF was passed, and uh, what is it now?
1: Uh, it, it was fifty-eight percent. So at that time, that was about thirteen million dollars in evidence-based funding revenue. Uh, now it is seventy-seven percent. So it's gone up almost twenty percent, uh, and that number is now twenty-three million. So we've we've gained about ten million in our operating revenues uh, on an annual basis, which is a very very substantial increase.
0: Let's talk about some of the ways that evidence-based funding has been most impactful uh, to your district.
1: Yeah, you bet. Um, so so I'll, I'll start by speaking to the facility piece. Uh, so we were very intentional about making sure some of that money was used for the continuation of facility renovation and expansion. When I took the helm here, uh, we had done all of our buildings except our newest one, or which is which is one we're doing now. Um, but at the time, it was our oldest building, which is Lester Crawl Primary Center. So we had uh, new buildings built in, say, 2006 to 2009 was kind of around where they did the junior high school to present. And then we had an old 1950s building for our youngest kids, which is our three and four year olds in pre-K and transitional kindergarten. Uh, and there's some early childhood and special ed programs over here. Uh, so I made sure that we we allocated some of that money. And my assistant superintendent, Mark Crotty, uh, has been very active and effective in this um, in order to successfully start and we're now nearing the completion of it should be done in February of this year um, the renovation and expansion of Lester Croll that's about a 21 million dollar construction project of a primary center and we're hoping when that's done we'll be able to serve uh, right now it's it's about a hundred to 120 kids we're hoping maybe as many as 250 little three and four year-olds over here in this building and so we've had to turn down state grant money because we don't have enough classrooms uh, we've had to, Uh, unfortunately not uh, enroll as many kids over here as we we'd like to and there's a substantial amount of research that supports two things critically with that initiative the first is the importance of early intervention which uh, i'm sure a lot of people have heard our governor jd pritzker talk about the importance of early intervention and capturing academic interventions and support services for kids as early as possible Um, so for us it's starting as as early as three years old and we're now going to enroll more kids and do that Uh, The second piece is when kids go to school in new buildings, state-of-the-art buildings, uh, buildings that are beautiful, that are representative of the community, Um, there's research there that also supports that those students learn better and achieve better. So from those two lenses, we're looking to create a a much stronger foundation for the overall educational experience in our school district. And I'll say not just ours, but also Thornton Fractional Township High School District 215, because our kids all go to TF South High School. So when we built this project, TF South, uh, they actually loaned us or or, sorry, they donated a quarter acre of land to our school district in order to help support the primary center construction project. And they didn't ask for anything in return. Um, they were very gracious in doing so. I give them a lot of thanks and a lot of credit um, for acknowledging that the kids that we capture at three years old will eventually be freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors at tf south and will do better in their educational programming there because they've been in school for a couple extra years here and gotten a stronger foundation Um, so the construction thing is is huge in continuing that we've done uh, public hearings we've done transfers um, of monies through ebf into our capital projects uh, in order to support the construction the the other piece that i would highlight is the personnel one and and the thing that that jason i'll highlight with this is with something like esser which is your COVID relief dollars, that's kind of like a a one-time grant. So a lot of school districts, and and we're not um, one that didn't do this, but a lot of school districts put in place new personnel and supports uh, because of ESSER dollars, because of the needs of kids, either during or after COVID. So that might be social emotional supports, that might be interventionists um, and things like that, that are helping to to capture some of the learning loss issues. But those dollars are, are expiring. Um, they will not continue and they will not be a permanent part of the revenue stream of a school district. So it is very important that, you know, we as Illinois school districts have something to continue that and and to kind of keep those pieces and those supports in place. And so from a personnel standpoint, you know, we've used uh, evidence-based funding money for things like uh, we now have uh, additional social workers at our schools to help support kids with social-emotional needs, especially coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, We have uh, math interventionists now at all of our elementary buildings uh, in order to help support kids with uh, their mathematics fluency and interventions um, and doing some small group work and some pushing and coaching of teachers. Um, We have uh, also looked at putting in place um from, from an HR standpoint, I have um, some additional administrative resources. Uh, I have an HR director, which we didn't have prior to COVID. Um, and that's a support for staff. And so when you're providing additional supports for staff, and if you think about your um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and helping staff be more um, comfortable, social, emotionally taken care of, um, financially okay, um, through some of the staff education programs and benefit programs provided through human resources, that then makes them better teachers and better capable of serving the needs of students and uh, kind of what we're seeing right now in kind of a post COVID world. So we've added a lot of things and, and, the, and the one that I'll, I'll kind of conclude with is we, we now have an EL teacher, English learners at every single one of our buildings. So we have five and, and one is staffed at each one of the buildings and we've seen some tangible increases In our ELA and mathematics scores uh, for our EL students specifically, and their matriculation out of the, you know, through the access scores and stuff, their their placement in the EL programs, that achievement has gone up quite a bit as well, thanks to the allocation of evidence-based funding dollars to support those staff members in our district.
0: If the state continues to invest uh, $350 million EBF each year, how will you be able to improve educational outcomes uh, for students?
1: Well, right now, the, the big focus of our school district is on intervention, and it's on perspective, which is the theme for the year. Uh, looking at things specifically from a student lens, uh, and with it, within that, looking specifically at supports for children with disabilities. And how they look at our educational programs uh, and how they perceive educational activities and supports and how we can best serve students who have more significant educational needs uh, kind of following the COVID-19 pandemic. So the things that I've highlighted in terms of facility improvements um, and we we added technology um, one-to-one technology kind of coming through COVID-19 and all those other pieces that kind of go with new buildings uh, and then all the additional interventionist positions and supports uh, both for students and for staff, I think it's crucial to be able to maintain those. Because when you look at something like ESSER, which was the COVID relief money, uh, that is is something that was very substantial and impactful on school districts, but a, a one-time grant is money that will expire. So it's important to note that, you know, by the state providing something like evidence-based funding, that allows for the continuation of things like personnel resources that are ongoing in an annual expenditure in our budgets rather than a one-time expenditure. You know, we could take uh, $7 million of ESSER money and apply it towards a construction project and the, the construction of infrastructure. What you can't do is increase your, your operating budget by $7 million and then have that go away, and then have that be an annual expense every single year. So, I think that, that one thing that is really important for the state to uh, continue to support school districts with is annual revenue increases that permanently increase the operating budget and allow us to sustain those services. Uh, from a South Cook lens, I'm going to add to that I think it's important that the state continue the property tax relief grant, which our district now has received that for five consecutive time cycles. But some of those have been for two years instead of one. Uh, But those basically have allowed us to abate about $11 million in local property tax revenue back to our taxpayers, our families, uh, and those that are living in a socioeconomic area that is disadvantaged. And when you can take $11 million over five years and you can invest that back into the community, that just further increases the tax base, that just further Uh, increases the the revenue stream of the school district, and it's kind of a cyclical thing that that everybody wins. The taxpayers win, the school district wins, um, and everybody moves forward and everything improves. So I would say for for us and for South Cook County specifically, continuation of evidence-based funding in tandem with the Property Tax Relief Grant is very powerful. And if you take a look at uh, the percentage breakdowns of revenues for our district, for example, Uh, over the past six years, you you see a substantial change. If I showed it to you in a pie chart, you'd see a pie that was predominantly local resources six years ago that is now predominantly state. And so what that means is less of a burden on the local taxpayers still operating at even a higher level than we were six years ago, putting all those services and supports in place while also providing relief to the families and taxpayers that live around us. That helps them be, again, Maslow's, more more comfortable, more secure, more likely to then have monetary resources they can use to elevate families, elevate communities. Uh, and, and as I said before, everybody wins.
0: Dr. Schilling, thank you for sharing how evidence-based funding is making a dif- difference in Lansing School District.
1: Absolutely, Jason. Thank you for having me.